listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. This week, it's Ken with Eggy Bamyazi. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Enjoy an Album podcast with Liam Widnow and Christopher McArthur. Boy, 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 boy. Bubble Do you boy. think Eggy Bamyazi sounds like some kind of horrific dish? Can I get an Eggy Bamyazi, please? And you're like, oh, God, that's going to be... I think that's nice. Do you like egg? No. Not in any form? When it's whipped up into a form where I'd like if I'm making a chicken katsu and I dip the breast in the egg mm. to right. then put it in a crumb or to put it in a cake or something yeah like that. yeah okay. but, but but not in a um actual clumps of egg on my plate makes me sick yeah do you know what though I like obviously we've spoken before you know there, there's being a bit picky with your food mm-hmm. and then there's like genuine understandable hatreds and lots of people have that with egg so you know, I ain't gonna give you shit for that, son. I don't know. I think it's still stupid to not eat it because it's in everything. So, well, yeah. I mean, Lauren doesn't doesn't like egg. Really? Uh, and and I know loads of people. I know many people who uh, find it very disgusting. The smell. It's it, it smells like fart. Mm-hmm. And it looks like bogies. It looks like bogey cum. Yeah. So, so I for completely me, understand. It's a no. Yeah. <laughs> I completely get it. Fart I, smell and bogey cum? Yeah. No. I'll have a poached egg, personally. <laughs> You'll have a poached, poached fart egg. Poached fart bogey cum for me, please. <laughs> On a little plate, I can dip my bread in the cup. And that's what I'm like with mushroom. I'm like, you know what? I think this is an understandable hatred. It's fungus. Get that fungus oh, the sure. fuck away from me. I don't know. I, I think I might try. I think I had it by accident and I thought it was lovely, but then I deliberately tried to eat it and I threw up and I was like, I need to get over that. I think it's acceptable and unacceptable. But we're not talking about mushrooms, we're not talking about eggs, we're not talking about cum, (laughs) we're talking about kraut rock. Have you ever been to Germany? Yeah, I've been to Berlin, Munich and Black Forest. That's the three main places, isn't it? Yeah, um, and I've been to them all, baby. I went to Berlin um, with uh, my then girlfriend when I was 20. Um, and I went to Munich um, with my uh, my buddies from school. We went to the beer halls and got pretty shit-faced. And I went to the Black Forest uh, on a school trip. Hmm. We drove there, which seems fucking crazy. I just think How long would that be? A long, Jesus. long journey. On a on a coach, oh, you got to feel sorry for these coach drivers who have to. That Southern English privilege, man, that you would get to go on a coach trip to Europe. Do you know where we only went on a coach trip to? England. Yeah. Well, we've got listen. Eurostar's just there, so you're right. Yeah. That's the privilege. Um, but then, would you want to spend thirty six hours on a coach with? Can I just say, the coach is the best part of the school trip. Regardless, we were going. See, being in that environment where it's two by two by two by two by two, everybody's in the wrong thing. Teachers facing the wrong way. Anything can happen. The windows are vibrating for thirty-six hours. You like Great. that? Oh yeah. I got coach. I got motion sickness. Coach was the best bit. I got motion. The, the coach smells like fucking eggy cum farts. You play your friend's Game Boy, your friend plays your Game Boy. Oh my god, he's got different games than me. Why would you swap Game Boys rather than games? Oh yeah. No, we kept the same games, different Game Boys. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, have you ever been to Germany? No. Would love to. We were going to go for Christmas, we were going to go to Hamburg. Apparently it has more Christmas markets than anywhere in the world. More, more... Do I like Christmas markets? No. I thought you were going to go to New York at Christmas. Originally, it was Germany. Then we decided, you know what? Fuck Germany, man. Let's go to New York. Mm. And then Omicron really (laughs) stepped up. So we went, you know what? Let's go to my mum and dad's house. Yeah. Which wasn't as good as Germany or New York. Well, you don't know that. You've not been to Germany. Maybe it's just Mm. as good. Mm -hmm. But not as good as this episode of Enjoy an Album. This is one of the best podcasts of all time. And this is one of the best episodes of one of the best podcasts of all time. 
So I hope you really enjoy it. Um, we have fun throughout talking about Krautrock, its legacy, um, and lots of other silly stuff. We have the usual, uh, usual fun, the usual laughs along Secret the way. Secret show, tattoo woohoo, tattoo boohoo. A new feature from mine, <laughs> from yours <laughs> Yeah, journey. Liam's new feature that I'm excited about. Uh, uh, maybe we can compete to see. Yeah, okay. Let's not yeah. make it a competition. This is a beautiful no, thing like, that we make together. Very competitive. Um, hey, thanks so much for your continued support. Thank you, Editing, for the editing. Will McKee, aka Ersat Scott Pilgrim, aka Eddie Twing. Um, and thank you, you guys who share the episode every week. We are gaining listeners on a weekly basis. Thanks to you, the true fans, the troopers. That's you. I know you don't want to hear about Bo Diddley, but you're fucking there you anyway. Turned we up. respect that. Look, can he do it on a rainy night in Stoke? <laughs> he fucking can. Can he Can he turn up and listen to an episode about Bo Diddley? He fucking can. Yeah. Who's here? He can. Who amongst you is here to listen about German Krautrock from the early fucking 70s, okay? Look, this, this isn't your fucking fair, fair weather Harry Styles episode, right? This isn't Lady Gaga. All right, this is Ege Bemyasi. You've never heard of this. You're not going to listen to the album. You don't care, but you're no, here. Come on. And we Some value you. Listen. Yeah. We love you. I've never been the good cop and a good cop, bad cop scenario. You're, I don't really care. you're the Eggy to my Bemyasi. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Good. Yeah. by Can. Chugging out of Cologne, Germany in the late 60s, avant psychedelic crew Can took influence from the Velvet Underground's subterranean drones, Miles Davies' molten jazz rock, and James Brown's circular funk grooves. On Ege Bamyase, new singer Damo Suzuki mumbles, chants, and shrieks his way through engulfing kraut boogie workouts like Vitamin C and I'm So Green. Spoon took their name from the LPs, Doors Meet Stereo Lab closing track, and Kanye West sampled the Lupine Sing Swan Swing. Well, that's wrong, for starters. <laughs> that's not the name of that song. Rolling yeah. Stone. You've got that wrong. The song is called Sing Swan Song, which makes much more sense. Mm-hmm. So... They're fucked up. Mm-hmm. Not for the first time. Not for the first time. Um, idiots who think everything sounds like Radiohead and then the one time there is a song that sounds exactly like Radiohead, which is mm. that song that they've misnamed, they don't even bring up Radiohead. Yeah, wild. Um, just a quick note to mm. our audience. If you are not a fan of hearing me and Christopher German accents whilst talking about Krautrock turn off now because it is going to happen throughout the episode I'm gonna restrain myself oh you think you're better than me no I'm just uh... you think you're so so clever oh I've actually heard of this band before now (laughs) have you heard of this band before no never I'd maybe heard their name but I could not tell you who they were or what they did or maybe I have seen the album cover, but I don't know. Maybe that is a false memory that I'm now implanting in my head. Maybe. When do you think you'll go back to being Liam? <laughs> right now. Right okay, now. Okay. So. But he may he may be back. Uh huh. I had an idea for when a German guy could come in. Okay. Maybe later we'll get to that. Um. So it's can it's kraut rock from uh the late sixties early seventies. You'll ever listen to any kraut rock, bro? Uh, I can't say that uh, I'm a big kraut rock head. Nothing uh-huh. against it as such, but um, you know, I yeah, I, I never really under- I know this isn't kraut rock, but even just German music, you know, like Kraftwerk. I'm, uh, I'm not. I know of, I've listened to plenty of their songs, but I'm not a huge fan I actually at the moment. decided last night, I was watching a documentary about Krautrock called Krautrock. 
the that's nothing to do with this podcast, by the way. That's just what Chris does on a Tuesday <laughs> evening. <laughs> and uh, it got to the bit on Kraftwerk. And I've decided I'm going to be the type of guy who says Kraftwerk instead of Kraftwerk. Oh. If they ever come up, I'll go, yeah, Kraftwerk. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, my God. You're like, from episode one, the guy who corrected me on how to pronounce Björk. That's you. You're that guy. <laughs> you're the fucking... You're the fucking guy who's friends with the singer of Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> that was me in the future coming back to warn you. I reckon it was just you then. <laughs> Could have been. I've got a lot of alt accounts so I control my enemies. <laughs> uh, this was a real life event, but sure. Okay. Um, so you're going to say Kraftwerk from now on. That sounds <laughs> upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I'd listen to a wee bit of Krautrock. Uh, Noi, often mispronounced New. N-E-U exclamation mark. That was two members of Kraftwerk before Kraftwerk started dressing like robots and wearing lovely suits and stuff when Kraftwerk was a rock band. I have heard of them. Yeah. There's a night that happens in Edinburgh called Noi Riki, as in New Riki, Uh which is like a a sort of artist collective of musicians and poets and storytellers and stuff. And so um, I don't know if that's maybe they just like the name. So the reason that they would take it and the, the reason that they would take an inspiration from a Krautrock band is because Krautrock was, in this documentary, right, last night, the first shot is the ruins, the rubble of Germany in 1945 and people just sifting through the ruins. And people at the time only listened to two types of music in Germany, classical music, like Wagner, uh, not the... The pop star, not the X Factor guy. Uh, It was big in Holland. A type of music called Schlager. You ever heard of that? Uh, Listen, I've I've had a few fucking Schlagers in my time. (laughs) Let me tell you, one too many, one too many. Hey oh, so Schlager was like a type of like pop music. Just to be clear, that was about. It sounded like lager, not not as I realise now the word slag, which was not what I was insinuating. Oh, I I got the wrong end of the stick then. Yeah, okay. I thought you were talking about Goldschlager. Uh, no, it was, just, <laughs> it was just like a funny way to say beer. Right, okay. Liam likes beer, not spirits, and not loose women. Mm. Uh, so there was this type of music called Schlager, where a guy with a kind of slick haircut and a suit and tie would go... Like, do you know that troll-a-lo-lo-lo guy? Yeah. That guy. So he was a Schlager singer. That's my playlist choice this week. <laughs> the There's a great sorry to interrupt, but there is a I I love uh, a, a, a video that someone's made of um, Sauron and Lord of the Rings singing that. And they've just edited very well to sort of the sound picks up as the camera comes in. It's him on top of his big fucking plinth uh-huh. and he sings it as he falls down to his death it's very funny oh that does sound good uh so schlager was kind of like uh, <laughs> yeah, i talk sorry. about schlager over here man sorry I've sorry discovered a new genre of music i've never heard of before i'm excited about it so people say oh well it was very kind of apolitical schlager right because it was so kind of boring but in actual mm. fact Goebbels, uh you know hitler's uh, propaganda head in the nazi party he actually invested loads of money into Schlager being recorded because it was so conservative and mm. kind of... Uh, no such thing as apolitical. Exactly. When you say you're apolitical, you are reinforcing the norms and you're therefore being conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the Preach. young people in the 60s in Germany, people like the band Amon Duo, uh, Noi, Tangerine Dream, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, also Can. They decided that there was no way, if they were going to move forward as a country, they couldn't take old ideas of what music was. The same way that when punk came through in Britain, and they were reliving rock and roll, basically, old rock and roll songs, with like loud guitars and fast songs and stuff. Germany was like, we cannot go back, we need to go forwards. So that's where the motoric driving 4-4 drumming of uh, Krautrock comes in. It's the way forward. It's futurist, much in the same right. way that Bauhaus, Bauhaus uh, furniture was uh, very forward-looking, very futurist. It was a country that did not want to look back at the things they'd done. Yeah, David Hasselhoff too. What, yeah, although I would say he was an example of uh, 
the Ubermensch uh, is actually proto-fascist, but whatever. Do I put Hasselhoff on blast? He's on blast, man. He's in blast watch. Listen, when you say that you're not putting Hasselhoff on blast, you're actually being conservative. Um, so you uh, have some familiarity with uh, Krautrock and, and, and maybe Can. I knew uh, the song Hallo Gallo by Noi, which is fucking class. I sent it to you. Did you listen? No. No? You sent me a lot of stuff. Ah, come on. I don't have any other friends. <laughs> nope, dude. No, but they, we have a podcast about music. I'm going to send you music because people oh used to send music to don't get back to me anymore. The block, block yes, I've been blocked. This guy keeps sending me fucking '60s German rock. Yeah, I love and uh, I love that song "Hello Gallo" okay. by Noi. I will, I will listen to it later. I promise. You better because it's going to fucking pod. It's going to playlist probably. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, let's have the jingle. Oh no! <laughs> what? <laughs> do what it is? Secret pacho, secret secret pacho. You do it fast, then it feels like not show. I got no money. You got dash bro, secret pacho. So uh, a recurring theme with me, um, in my secret pacho deep dive delving, uh-huh. is that um, whilst I am akin to the ins and outs of the class system in the United Kingdom, the second we hop abroad. I am just a little baby wandering around a supermarket aisle without a clue what means what. So, a mm-hmm. bit of a tricky one. That's Although how I, That's how they get you big time. However, I think this list of establishments uh, which founding member Irvin Schmidt studied um, speaks for itself. Began his studies at the Conservatorium in Dortmund, at the Folkwang Hochschule in Essen. Hochwang. The Mozart, Mozart Mozartium in Salzburg, and he studied composition in Karl Heinz Stockhausen's Cologne course for new music at the Rheinisch Music School in Cologne. Stockhausen's so, actually a very important figure in the history of Cannes because. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll get into that. That's you know we'll get into but, Stockhausen. Uh, if anybody's listening, going, when are they going to get into Stockhausen? We're going to get there. At yeah. some point, St- right? Stockhausen syndrome over yeah. here is coming up. <laughs> Stuck uh, the fuck up syndrome over here, man. So, um, I mean, that is basically all we've got for uh, Irvin Schmidt in terms of his BG. So, but I'm gonna say, if you studied music at four different acclaimed colleges, um, in, especially the, the, the music com- composing and classical music, mm-hmm. you know, uh, forgive me, may may God strike me down. If I am incorrect here, uh-huh. but I'm calling him a posho. And but no, at what was... point when you were listening to the first track, the first ten minute psychedelic jazz scronk noise piece, mm. did you go? Oh, I don't know. I think these boys probably, you know. Listen, that's not my job. Right. My job is to merely have a look for the secret posho segment and declare them one way or the other. I think the main character of this album is not. The guy you're just talking about, Carol, mm. Demo Suzuki, lead singer. Yeah, we'll is get he to a him. secret pusher? Again, then he did the song again. No. Okay. Again, even harder to find out info on uh, on his uh, early life. All we know is is that he was backpacking across Europe um, with a a little guitar, and he couldn't really play. No. But he would just sit there making noise, hoping to make enough money to go to the next place. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just jury's out. The jury is out on that Listen, one. somebody's backpacking in Europe. I'm making assumptions. No offense to you if you've done it yourself. Yeah. I was too busy grafting in the at, mines. At, at Edinburgh University. I did not go to Edinburgh University. I went to Edinburgh Napier University, which is worse. A university in Edinburgh. A polytechnic. Yeah. A, a technical school. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went no to the one university journalism. worse than that, which was Queen Margaret's. So oh. you've been at, you've been out shit uni there. Yeah, big team. Big team. Um, so anyway, uh, good old Irvin Schmidt started can. He was a, a an accomplished classical composer. Um, he was winning awards and he was respected uh, amongst you know the sort of cultural elite of Germany. Um, and then in 1966, he went on a trip to New York, where he discovered Andy Warhol, uh, the Chelsea Hotel. 
and the Velvet Underground. And he said he was corrupted by the trip and from that point onwards saw rock music as the new contemporary uh, music over like jazz or, or new classical. So that's really like the birthplace of, well, I guess, I guess can and, and kraut rock really. To an extent, yes. Um, so yeah, they got that before they got their Japanese. There was Japanese... a band called Amondu who were kind of first in Germany, but they had a lot of problems because met like friends of the band went to jail for like smashing stuff up, and then they go to jail, and then they killed people, and then and then they killed people. Yeah, we said that a bit casually for my liking. Well, it was a political killing, so they mm. kind of they they were kind of first Amondu, but because they were friends with murderers. The the Bader Meinhof group, I think they're called. This kind of German political terrorism group. Um, right. I don't know they enough pe- about the politics to know if it's like an IRA type thing, but it's like the Freedom Fighters or if it's like something bad. But they kind of get brushed aside for like, oh, no, no, remember Kraftwerk? They, they, they dress like robots. That was a good laugh. Instead of like, oh, these guys were killing kids. Um. So Also, the music isn't as good as can or... No. Prior to Damo Suzuki, though, they had another singer called uh, Malcolm Moody, who was an American guy. Um, <laughs> it's he, a funny he, name, isn't it? Malcolm Moody. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, Malcolm I like it. Malcolm Moody comes downtown, speaks to his face, has a big frown, he's moody. What's that? This is Steam Chin for his wee cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the band for a while, um, but then uh, his psychiatrist heard their music and said this isn't good for your mental health it's not <laughs> and so he left the band yeah how would you describe the music of Ken? um well it's you know it's it's experimental still <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know 70 years later or whatever mm-hmm. um not 70 years 50 years later <laughs> um it, it it it's i mean there's fusions of jazz yeah Post-punk. Punk hadn't even happened yet, and it was post-punk. Yeah, I mean, it's got that sort of talking, um, you know... Funk. Dance. uh, Yeah, and and the the drums on it, yeah, the really experimental, just changing drum patterns and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, so... um, So it's not good for your mental health to listen to stuff like that? I guess not. You know, it's it, 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 the idea of of can or at least these early albums is that there were like improvised sessions, mm-hmm. a lot of them. You know, they weren't like, oh, this is a song and this is how it's played. Um, you know, they were they just got in the studio, uh, and in fact, when they were in the studio recording this album, um, there was constant fights because Damo Suzuki and Irvin Schmidt would sit and play chess for hours. That would get right on my wick. Instead of recording. Yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the bass player would be stood there like, come on <laughs> to fuck. And they're like, yeah, yes, one minute, but I, I have a, a couple of crafty moves that I need to do first. I need to take out the rook. <laughs> and then Damo was just praying to some unknown god. So the drummer was like... Uh, like a world-renowned jazz drummer, like properly, like traditional jazz. Mm. And I, he was playing like a show one time, and he said this guy came up to him and went, you must begin to play monotonously. And he was like, the guy, in hindsight, he's like, the guy was clearly just like LSD that was nut. But mm. he was like, what does that mean to play monotonously? So he just kind of invented this new style of playing drums that became the the motoric style like a yes. motor car on the autobahn yeah man um so what's malcolm you know what i need to first off apologize to malcolm and then to you malcolm to moody takes the apology wow. as best as he can yup 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 his name was malcolm mooney oh no oh, no <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a completely different song. What's Malcolm Mooney's? Malcolm Mooney. It's the same. Doubt in the boonies. Not too Once silly. he left, um, uh, Irvin Schmidt, one day outside a Munich cafe, saw this little Japanese uh, backpacker busking, 
And this was Damon Suzuki. And so said to him, hey, listen, my band have got a gig tonight. Do you want to come and and perform with us? And the guy was like, well, I only can play like two guitar chords and I don't know any of the lyrics. And Schmidt is like, that is perfect. <laughs> and it, that's how he joined the band, played with them that night. Yeah, man. It was sold out show at a cafeteria. Oh, by the way, this is a great point to bring up. Uh, so that show was sold out, but once Demo Suzuki got up and started screaming in Japanese, uh, a lot of the people left. But there was uh, one curious member. Do you know the actor David Nevin? Maybe. From the 60s. Mm. He was like, if you look him up, you'd be like, oh, he's in like British sitcoms and stuff. Um and it made because we haven't done this segment in a while I wondered what is the Bette Midler factor for the crowd rock band Can but David Niven was present at the first ever show with Demo Suzuki and then David Niven was in a film called Ask Any Girl with an actor called Reed Morgan and then Reed Morgan was in a film called Jinxed by Bette Midler well there you go meaning Can have a Midler factor of three i have a cool quote from damo suzuki Mm -hmm. about his favorite style of improvising whilst in the studio he says uh i like the what's what's the phrase they use a lot for like the sort of instantaneous composing um either way he would regularly i mean that's how they made songs. They would improvise. He would improvise lyrics in English, German, and Japanese. You hear that on this album. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he likes that because that's why you go to see Liverpool play football, to hope that they score goals and win. But if you know the result already, then it's quite boring. For me, music is also like this. That's one of the reasons I don't go into a studio and go out and play the same thing 200 or 300 times. That's more like business. It's really hard for me to act like that. And that's cool. It's pretty cool to compare it. Uh, I would say another reason to go see football is uh, if you go see Dulwich FC, you can have a nice uh, gyro sandwich, a nice Greek sandwich with uh, fries and pita bread. And, uh... have, you, have you been following... Uh, that new football food Twitter account. Yeah. What a, what an odd thing to bring up. I think it came up last week as well. How very strange. <laughs> you can see some of Can's uh, live improvisational work on YouTube. Uh, I would recommend checking them out on the Old Grey Whistle Test. Mm. Uh, there's You can see Irvin Schmidt uh, karate chopping the piano to play it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's what the experiment was. Some people go, what is the experiment they're doing in experimental music? It was to see if you could karate chop a piano on your song. It's fucked up to watch it play. It's it's very funny. They're just playing a normal (laughs) song and then he's like, just karate chopping this keyboard. And at one point you are like, all right, come on, man. Come on. That's not music. It's bloody noise. That's not music. (laughs) So uh, that's how they made songs. Basically, they would just sit and play for like 10 hours and then... They would chop it up into songs, but that's where uh, what was that name guy you're talking about? Frangenhange, the guy from uh, the guy from like uh, the 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 university course. Stack Stockhausen. Stockhausen. Frangenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Stockhausen, he was, uh, he, he invented it, so he would do that. I don't, way. I don't know the name, so I'll just improvise a German. That's what he would do, though. He would improvise, and he would edit it. So fucking edit it. <laughs> what you, you don't realize this, the listener, right? But see, for every name, I've just been improvising for like an hour straight on different names, and then this podcast is very much like Can. We actually we we record ten hours of content, and editing just uh just puts into this sort of. This this perfectly edited mix. I think it comes across as well. <laughs> Frangenhausen. Hello, I'm Frangenhausen. I am the underlooked king of crowd rock. People always talk about Stockhausen and and Cam, but say forget about me. I was the real influence for Can Frangenhausen. That is me. <laughs> All right, bro. You never got a name wrong, Mister Malcolm Mooney. I'm fuck. You're fucking moody now. <laughs> 
You creep. <laughs> Don't even know how to pronounce names. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what? That's one name apiece. Yeah, it's... You have actually more excuse as well because it is a German name, whereas Malcolm Mooney and Moody are very much, you know, they're, they're, that I should be able to manage that. They had a hit can a few years later, 1976, with a song called I Want More. And I listened to it and I was like, I know this song. It's like a disco song. Mm-hmm. And it goes... Da, 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 da. You know that song? Don't think so. You w- look if you listen to it. It's called "I Want More" by Can. Okay. You will 100% recognize it, and it sounds so different. They went disco for one song. Mm-hmm. It was a huge hit, and then they were selling out gigs. People were coming to see them because they were like, "Yeah, let's go see Can, a, a disco band." <laughs> Yeah. And then they would play their fucked up avant-garde experimental shit. Yeah, all these like, yeah. All these like 70s fucking disco kids like, hey daddy-o, this ain't it. <laughs> Why were the disco people talking like 50s hipsters? Because they were English university students. Oh, so right, okay. Uh, I was going to say uh, that, well, that, A, that was quite common, as we mentioned in the Rolling Stone episode, pretty much every single rock band on the planet had one disco song because mm-hmm. uh, it was just pop- what was popular at the time. Um, the other thing was, I think that's the interesting thing about Can is that they were very much at the confluence. Is that a word? Confluence? Listen, don't ask me if it's a word. Just say it. <laughs> say it again. And we'll act as if it's a word because I don't know. Right. And if anyone if anyone doubts you, that's on them. Just I like, believe you. Just let I, me Google I, Confluence really quick. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't tell the listener. Just say it with confidence. You're so you're pathetic. You know that. So the thing is, the thing I like about Ken is they're very much at the confluence of experimentalism, but also commercialism. So yes, they were doing whole shows of untitled improvisational uh, rock jazz that was just called Ein Drive I and stuff. Mm. But also they had hits. And one of the hits off this record is Spoon, which was the theme music for a German detective program called Das Messer. Which uh, means? The knife. So the knife and the uh, theme tune was the spoon. Yeah. I see you've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> yeah. It's Knifey Spoonie. Yeah. And the cow jumped over the moon. Eh. Hey, with Malcolm ah. Mooney. The days he hopped off as I am actually have some uh, some of the scripts from Das Messer. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Right. Scene one. Interior. Detective office. <laughs> Guten Tag. Eine kleine. Wait. Okay, so the stage directions are in English, but the... <laughs> Yes. But uh, the dialogue's in German. Right, okay. Okay, interior one. Detective's office. Guten Tag! Eine kleine das Messer. Das right, the knife. Where's the door? Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it invented the, the twist. That yeah. show <laughs> within the second sentence. <laughs> oh my god! The theme show, the theme song lasts way longer than the actual script because the theme song was an improvised version of Spoon that lasted twenty five minutes, and then they just mm. had to like rattle through the plot. Speaking of theme songs that last longer than they should, uh, Tattoo Woohoo or Tattoo Boohoo is that back this week? We're two guys reviewing tattoos. We're gonna Google image searching and we choose if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. We're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we do. Full sleeve or face tats, wing skull or big batch. You pick the design, is it bad or just fine? A dragon or a skull, pretentious or dull. You cannot hide, and we will decide if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boo hoo hoo hoo. Yeah. 
I am begging one of our musically inclined listeners to make a version of that for us. I will make it up to you in some way. I will do something for you. I am begging if you can play a guitar or if you know your way around, uh, you know, Fruity Loops or something, please, please. I don't want to hear Chris sing that in my ears directly live another time. Please make a version that we can just slip in. Unfortunately, please. I could not. Prize think. for the best one. Could not find any information on whether any of the members had tattoos or not. <laughs> Though I found a picture of Demo Suzuki with his top off and I couldn't see any, but he had quite long hair, so it could be underneath his hair. I have um, a new feature of my own. Oh, but there's yeah? no jingle. There's oh. no jingle yet. Doesn't sound like a feature then. So, um, Can influenced many, uh, many bands. Love them. Sonic Youth. Um, Uncle. Radiohead. Radiohead. Uh, Your favourite uh, band. Uh, well, actually, since we're bringing up Uncle and Radiohead in the same breath, uh, you know, Rabbit in Your Headlights by Uncle featuring Tom York on vocals is a fucking incredible song with an amazing music video. You ever seen that music video? If it's like a, a crazy guy walking down uh, towards oncoming traffic in a tunnel mm. and, uh, and and he keeps getting hit by a car over and over again. The video was banned. No. Uh, people were just as, him. Just as the... Um, like just as a song really like fucking releases he puts his hands out like Jesus and suddenly the cars start crashing into him and he stopped it's amazing it's really amazing I'm a rabbit in your headlights it's great anyway Brian Eno mm-hmm. is a massive Can fan yeah and in yeah. fact Can kind of returned the fandom later in their career as they moved towards ambient music themselves um, Brian Eno made a short film uh, about his love for Can. Uh, I watched it. It's a minute long. Uh-huh. That's the extensive research that we're willing to do for this podcast. I'm happy to watch a minute long short film. I watched an hour long documentary about the history of Crate Rock last night. Hmm. So don't watched... tar me with your feathers. Uh, it's on YouTube. And it's basically Brian Eno. It's sort of single shot, uh, you know, face to camera. Uh, he, he's describing Can's music, and with each new description, he it cuts to him in a different outfit. So it's him like saying Can are experimental, and then him in some like wacky costume, uh, jazz influences, and then him dressed as like a jazz guy with like two pairs of sunglasses. Um, they are both masculine, and it's him shirtless smoking a cigarette, and feminine. And then it's him, you know, in a dress with makeup on, right? And that's it. It's kind of weird. Whatever. Uh-huh. My new feature, which I have almost put in before, but I found the creme de la creme to start it off, is uh, is unhinged YouTube comments. Oh, yes. This is the most, like, there's only three comments beneath this video. And <coughs> this How many views? takes the prize. And, you know, I've been on YouTube for, what, 15 years probably? Uh-huh. This is the... Number one most fucking outrageous YouTube comment I've ever read. <laughs> I was in tears reading this. I feel like there's, I might not go back on YouTube because uh-huh. it can't be bested. He's there as well, this guy. It's like when you go to the pub and somebody fucking glasses someone, you don't want to go back to the pub. Yeah. I'm going to read this for you, okay? Here we fucking go. This Let's is see great. it. About the above video, I'm wondering if that's Eno's sister in it, the one dressed up as the female, instead of Eno. The reasons are, the female version has much more hair around the hairline. Eno has none. The female version also doesn't have the tension lines between her forehead. Also, the female version has straight horizontal eyebrows, and Eno has slanted eyebrows. Eno has no clue how to be a female. If you want to see someone who's really good at being a female, you should look at recent pictures of Sher. <laughs> That's feminine. Also, about Eno smoking regular cigarettes, Eno should change over to e-cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yes. Changing over to e-cigarettes yes. has gotten a lot of people off of regular cigarettes. You may have heard that e-cigarettes are just as bad as regular cigarettes. However, that's crap. I read recently in the news that e-cigarettes are 95% safer than regular cigarettes. Also, e-cigarettes are being prescribed by doctors in the UK. Also, about being feminine. 
People who are really feminine are that way all the time. Being feminism isn't something that one puts on for a short time and then it goes away at will. People who are really feminine are that way all the time. They can't get rid of it. And that's it. Wow, I didn't know Graham Lenehan had a fucking... Uh, ah! YouTube had, uh, account. YouTube account, yeah. Wow, that's pretty wild. Did I tell you about the YouTube comment I found when we were doing the Rolling Stone episode and it was a guy, like, it was a lyric in one of the songs about, like, you bloody hell... Out the window, down the forest, guy, or some shit like that, right? And this guy was like, uh, Mick, out the window, down the fire escape. Is that a reference to the night we spent together? You and me, and those... <laughs> you and me and those two beautiful women? God. I hope you're still playing guitar. I know I am. And listen, I'm playing the, the, the Luna Lounge in uh, Manhattan uh, next July. Uh, two nights, and if you come down, it'd be great to see you, man. <laughs> and that is not the same type of deranged as your guy, who clearly has mental issues. This is just an old man who doesn't understand that when you comment underneath a YouTube video for a band, so they don't read it. Message. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. YouTube's a wonderful place. Um, right. The album is called Ige Bamyase. Yes. Um, and it was just Turkan for Aegean Okra. Aegean being the sort of islands uh, in between Greek and Greece and Turkey. Mm-hmm. So it's like Okra, which is like the. Do you think I vegetable. don't know what Okra is? I wasn't, I wasn't addressing that. No, but you. do you think I don't know what it is? Yes. Oh, interesting. Because I actually watched Come Down With Me, Champion of Champions. And in the second week, a person who does not come first. An American man with a nice hat, velvet hat, he uses okra. And the chef who judges it from the Midlands, whose name escapes me, Purnell, his name is Purnell, he says that okra is actually quite a boring vegetable. So I do know what okra is. It's very interesting that he would call it boring um, because uh, I would like you to grab your phone, Mm -hmm. Google the word okra, okay, (laughs) R-A. I know how to spell okra. Just being clear. Right. And you want to scroll down to the questions. Mm. People also ask. Okay. What does okra read, do to a woman? Read question number one. Oh, wait. This will show off what my algorithm's like. <laughs> what does okra do to a woman? And can you see, once you've pressed that, can you see further down what the other question is? Can okra make a woman wet? Can, and, and you're telling me this is a boring vegetable? This is a vegetable that that makes women wet. Oh, God. Why have you made me go do this on my phone? <laughs> <laughs> you just Googled okra. That's the only thing coming up in your algorithm. It's also known as bindi or ladies' fingers. Yeah, he was using oh. it in Creole. Uh, he was using it in Creole cooking. Okra. Well, it sounds like he was trying to fucking excite the, the women he had in his house. <laughs> to me. Why are we talking about this? You started it. Why did you know that stuff? Because I also googled okra earlier. Why? See, I don't. I you don't everything. know what it is. I fucking know what it is. And you don't. I just didn't want to say anything that I. I wanted to double check. I just listen. I do research on every single thing we talk about. I research to make sure I don't say anything stupid. And I found out that apparently okra makes women wet. I think that's kind of Spanish fly type stuff where it doesn't actually work. What's Spanish fly? It's a, uh, it's like you horny fly. You eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an, uh, it's like an aphrodisiac. It's like a horny fly. <laughs> oh, okay. Using Spanish as a euphemism for horny? That's fucked up, man. Listen, we've all been in the Mediterranean. Listen. I, um, it's can on the cover. It's a can of okra. That's the cover. Do you know what that's about? Ref- well, it's a reference to like Andy Warhol's soup can. It's also that, but it's also a reference to the fact that they felt like, because they had the number one hit with Das Mesa, a theme tune spoon, it was kind of like, we feel like we're becoming a product. And Demo Suzuki does not like it when people turn into a product. He mm. is a wandering ronin. Yeah. And he's but like, that's just, I mean, that's the exact same interpretation of Andy Warhol's soup can, though, isn't it? That was the whole point with that. Oh, yeah. 
Not 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 to detract from your point, but I just think our points complement each other. Oh, big time. Yeah. Nice one, man. Sometimes it's nice. Nice one, man. Good point. Do you think the band knew that Okra made women wet? Oh, yeah. These are some hip- These are some educated German men from the 60s, man. They knew everything. <laughs> they did everything. They could teach you a thing or two. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, man. See if you go back to the uh, improvised jazz scene in the 60s. Mm. You are hanging out with some of the big time shaggers of all time. Some absolute massive Okra munchers. I wonder so if sorry. they were. If, if they you were... right, see if you're living in a commune in a cinema in the sixties, especially the Velvet Underground and all that lot, man. They were all fucking everybody all day long. They were all crazy. They were all fucking. You know, there there wasn't there wasn't words for it. They're all fucking each other. All there different... wasn't even AIDS. Exactly. Free love. You know what I mean? But so, if you're living like, in a commune, where well, you drink all these kind of, I don't know. Hondo P, man. They were getting fucked and taking LSD and, and just putting in each other's butts all mm. day long. Taking breaks for chess. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to quit um, performing oral sex on you. I have to put my rook into checkmate. Uh, your rook is already in my checkmate. Ah, Schnell. Um, That song Spoon. Mm-hmm. Was remixed by um, Sonic Youth, mm. and a sample of that remix was used by Tyler the Creator in his song Forward. What was that off a cherry bomb? I'm not sure, but mm. I just thought I know you like you like Tyler the Creator. I like Tyler so the Creator. I love the sample of the Ken sample that goes into what's the name of that Kanye West song? Drunken the... Hot Girls. Drunken Hot Girls. Yeah, which I didn't realize that he actually says in Can. No, he doesn't. He goes. Drunken hot balls. And he's talking about like bowls of soup. So it's like drunken right. hot bowls. Which is just right, nonsense okay. that he's improvised. Yeah. But obviously Kanye heard that as drunken hot girls and was like, that's wild. And then made that whole song about... It was really one of the dumbest Kanye West songs you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah. Uh, but basically, I mean, it's not really even a sample, is it? They just steal takes the melody. Takes melody. Yeah. We've been driving looking for these drunken hot girls. And it's so funny. I um, the I prefer this album when it leans towards the slightly more accessible stuff. I'm not talking about like pop hitty ones. Why is such a square? But 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 that um that sing sing swan song, mm-hmm. and um and and vitamin C, are the 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 more um I would say accessible. They're mm-hmm. still experimental. I think they've got you know they 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 just they just tiptoe the line before the the self indulgence, and I think there is a. I mean, you can't be an experimental, improvised kraut rock jazz fusion band without it being a bit fucking indulgent, right? I'm into uh, pinch all the way through. The first tracks very kind of jammy and loose. Uh, I'm into the whole way. There is a bit in soup, the fifth song where I go right. Yes, yeah. yeah, when that's, it just I mean, starts I, going like. There's two long songs, about 10 minutes each. Mm-hmm. The first one, Pinch, I do like. And as an introduction to the album, I think it's fine. Uh, but that, that Soup song is the one where I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to skip this. Yeah, that's fair. And then, I'm so green. I'm so green. Right after, you're yeah. like, yes, now you are back. I think the names are quite funny for us. A, a band called Can with an album called, uh, you know, Okra. Soup Spoon. <laughs> Soup Spoon. I'm so green. Vitamin C. It's like an advert for soup, isn't it? This whole uh, the whole back half of this record is like an advert for soup. Yeah. What's your favorite? Soup, soup don't need no advert, boys. Soup's doing fine. What's the best soup you've ever had? Probably you two. Um. Ooh. Somebody asked me this recently. When I was in Budapest, mm-hmm. I had this for the first time, and I had a similar thing in Iceland, where they serve you the soup in a bowl of bread. That you tear the bread off the bowl and then you dunk it. Mm-hmm. You have to get the ratio right, obviously. You're going to end up with a hot lap. Yeah. Um, Wet leg. You're going to end up with one of them. There you go. That's a, a modern band. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't get your ratio right, suddenly a fucking... Nope. Pop indie band turn up and sing about... Are they are they, are they the Chase Long people? Don't know what that means. I know what Chase Long is. They have a song but... called... They have a, long called, a song called Chase Long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah, chase yeah, long, yeah, on the yeah. chase long. 
Is that them? And I, and I was like, anyone singing about a Chase Long is going to be a fucking secret posho. Hang on. Secret posho. Secret, secret posho. We do it first, then it feels like nice show. This is a live secret posho for the band. Secret Wet Leg. Um, a British indie band from Isle of Wight. There's red flag number one. Huge red flag. Um, and Text. Oh, vision. yeah. Two girls. One of them is called Hester. Secret posho. Yeah. No working class person is called Hester. Yeah. The only other Hester I know is Hester Blumenthal. <laughs> who is a posh man who disguises his food as cauldrons. So there you go. Wet leg, you've been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, look, the album is like, it's, uh, when we talk about it being experimental, it, I, I do think most of it is actually fairly accessible. I, I just prefer the bits that are a bit more accessible. And when I say accessible, they're not like pop songs. You know what I mean? They are still challenging. I think it's a good listen all the way through. First time, I think the second time, you'll probably skip soup. Um, I think there are some standout songs, like Sin Swung Song, Vitamin C, and I'm So Green. Um, but overall, it's like, you know, it reminded me of listening to um, Suicide by Suicide. Um, but I found this to be much... Well, the first time I ever heard of this band, I forgot to mention this at the start, is there's an LCD Sound System song called Losing My Edge, which was the first... LCD Sound System song that broke through and it basically lists it's, it's a song about being a kind of aging hipster who's obsessed with music but then the internet comes in now everybody can just google all these bands and you don't feel special and you're like no I was there and he's lying he wasn't actually there but he's like I was there in 1968 I was there at the first can show in Cologne and then it also, it's funny you say suicide, because he's like, um, I was there in 1974 at the first suicide practices in a loft in New York City. I was working on the organ sounds with much patience. And then he eventually just starts, without even putting in wee funny stories, he just starts listing. He goes, this heat, pair of Ubu, Outsiders, Nation of Ulysses, Mars, the Trojans, the Black Dice, Todd Terry, the Germs. And he just lists all these bands, which is why music journalists like that band so much, because he's just sucking the little deformed cocks. Uh, well, are you not a music journalist? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm a podcaster, professional podcaster. So, <laughs> it, it is one. This is one of these bands that are like, it's tra- it's super cool to like this band if you a dweeb about music. And uh, the thing, I, I, I like those types of bands. You know what I mean? Because um, I'm a dweeb. But what I will say is the thing I like about this record a lot is the shorter songs. Okay, they're not conventional pop songs, but they do have the kind of structure of them. And it kind of, a lot of this record kind of feels like listening to normal rock music, but your brain is starting to like melt out your ears. Do you know what I mean? It's like just off, and you mm-hmm. get like pink gloop coming out your ear holes, and it's your brains, and you're like, oh, I don't feel good. That's, that's what you like? You like music that makes you feel like your brain is falling out of your ears? Yeah. Okay. I love vitamin C, I love, and I love the hook on that. Hey, yo, you're losing your vitamin C. Your vitamin C. Hey, uh, you. Yeah, I think it's a really good song. Yeah, it's a great bit. Hey, you, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing your vitamin C. <laughs> it's cool because you definitely had another word in there, and they were like, this, listen, demo, this sounds a bit. Like, if it was, like, you're losing, you're losing, you're losing your mind. And they were mm. like, this is too normal for us, man. You need to put a different phrase in there. And he's like... Yeah, bro. We need to actually make people lose their minds. Yeah. What about if I sing losing your wallet? Is that good? No. That is not good. Nobody has a wallet. People people understand, People can empathize with that. What about losing your vitamin C? That will make people think. How do you lose your vitamin C? That is the question we are asking. Yeah. <laughs> You're losing your vitamin C. Wow. Okay. Hey, pass the okra. Hey, pass it. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting dry. Pass the tangerine. <laughs> what? I need vitamin C. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, it makes more sense than what you said. <laughs> um... Right. That was a thing I had because I was watching this documentary about Krautrock last night. Tangerine Dream was. Were a... you? I, I don't think you've mentioned that. <laughs> Just to give you context, uh, it's a really. See, when I usually do my bad YouTube documentary, and I'm like, oh, you should check it out if you want to watch something shite, but it's quite funny. This is like. 
incredible. Just an hour out of your day and you just understand where they're coming from with stuff like this a wee bit more. Mm. There's a band called Tangerine Dream, right? It was a one guy. I've heard of them. Yeah, it was quite popular in Britain. It's one guy, one of the first synthesizer bands. So uh, he was playing this chapel, Catholic chapel in France. Chapel Trap House. Mm-hmm. Catholic Chapel Trap House. Um, <laughs> he was playing this Catholic Chapel Trap House, right? In France. And it was a 2,000-seater church, chapel. They got 6,000 people in there, right? So the place was ruined, even though he was just playing, like, synth music. So they ban him, the Catholic Church, the Vatican phones up, Tangerine Dream, and they go, hey, you. You're losing. No, they go, hey, you. (laughs) You can't play in chapels anymore. So the Church of England finds out about this. They phone up Tangerine Dream, the wee German guy playing his keyboard, and they go, hey, we've noticed uh, the Catholic Church isn't interested in you playing the venues anymore. Would you like to play a tour of Protestant churches? Whoa. So not only Tangerine is the guy, to orange. Yeah. How is this guy not the fucking King of Rangers? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think if next time you seen Ibrooks, they were all listening to a twenty minute improvisation <laughs> synth jam that was completely in, in line with their values, I think that would be great. Why wow. does Tina Turner have to fucking dominate when we can have Sinead O'Connor, Tangerine Dream, a really hip kinda uh new wave of bigotry when you said we have you just accidentally outed yourself publicly as a as a rangers man i'm not a rangers man you did say we no we as a country um we as francais before i ask you if you enjoyed out if you enjoyed the album um i want to talk about the name can mm-hmm. so it was one point incorrectly stated that they were called can because it stood for communism, anarchism, and nihilism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the band were like, no, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's not that. No. It's just that the word can means loads of different things in loads of different languages. It's it a positive word. You in can Turkish, it's like... yeah, it's like affirmative, and, and that's it. Um, but I just want to, on record, say how much I hate backronyms. Um, you know backronyms? Yeah, yeah, FIFA. When people were like, "Did you know that Ned standing for stands for non-educated delinquent?" You're like, shut the um, fuck did up. Did you know that fuck is actually uh, fornicating oh. under the consent of the shut king? No, it doesn't. No up. one talks like that. Shut up, I'll fuck. Get you kill absolute you. idiot. Well, you think people was was sitting around going, "Let's invent a new word," and it was standing like, "Shut up." That's not how words work. Look up etymology before you fucking, fucking see any of that shit. So I just I just saw that and and saw that they disproved the backronym and I just wanted to make because I hate all that I just hate it. Mm. People think they're so clever. Did you know that with Chav stands for Council House and Five? No, it doesn't. Doesn't. Shut up. Go home. Hey Chris, did you enjoy an album? Uh, I honestly I don't think I've made it clear enough during the episode. I think this is one of the best records we've had the chance to listen to. Wow. That documentary I watched last night. It's on oh. BBC Four. It's on YouTube. It's now along. Krautrock. Um, Sounds like you're reviewing a documentary. If you like it. Rather man. than the album. No. Well, yeah, I've spot, probably spoke more about that than this, but it's just wonderful. I love the feeling of uh, your brain melting when you listen to music. See, when you listen mm. to so much boring stuff, and so much of life is boring. Yep. You know, you wake up, you look at your phone, you same old shit. Podcast. You listen to that podcast. And he's doing the same long tattoo jingle that he did last week. No, people love that. That's one of the things that gets people going. It's one of the small thrills of life that makes it worth living. That mm. jingle. Um, I think I, this is a ten out of ten for me, honestly. Like walking about listening to it, I was like, "This is class, man." You know. Wow. And also, there was a band. I saw an album I really liked when I was a teenager. Came out in two thousand and nine, Flaming Lips album. And at the time, I remember listening to it. It's called uh, Embryonic, and mm-hmm. it's unusually sinister for a Flaming Lips album. It's quite dark. I love Flaming Lips. I never really dug them, but did you? This uh, one album I listened to a lot when I was sixteen because it came out when I was just getting into loads of music, and I always thought, "Where the fuck did this come from?" Like I've never had anything like this. I never realised they were just straight up on multiple 
tracks ripping the shit out of Spoon, etc. Uh, and it makes me enjoy that more. It makes me enjoy this more. Yeah, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots is uh, uh, it's not on the list, and um, should be that that would be one that I would I would cover in our fabled um, extra extra episode. Extra eps. Extra eps that may one may one or, or one day not or yes happen. As soon as that Patreon <laughs> guy phones me up and. Hey, Chris! Yeah, we want to get you on the Patreon now! Yeah, let's do it. That's the call we're waiting for. Uh-huh. Um, you want to ask me? Liam, uh, two questions for you. Oh. A, is there any Fleming Lips on this list? I think the soft bullet might be on nah, there. That makes sense. Yes, it is. I've seen it on the list. Okay. Question number two. Did you enjoy an album? Yeah, I did. I wouldn't go as far as to say as it's one of the best we've, we've had. I did thoroughly enjoy it there's a couple songs that i can see myself going back to that i'm excited to be in the playlist mm-hmm. um for me the 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 really long song that i skipped that kind of brings it down chris i think you might you might even call it a flawed masterpiece um yeah you would actually yeah that's why i like it you have uh, to have one flaw to be 10 out of 10 for me and it is just the right side of, of challenging most of it. Uh, it's enjoyable, but I think I think for many people listening, it might just be a bit too fucking weird. Why yeah. do you why are you saying that to disrespect the audience? Not disrespect the audience. Yeah. I I would love to hear. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> I would love to hear um, people's response if you listen to the album. I would love you to reply to the tweet saying new episode saying did you find it a bit a bit too weird mm-hmm. uh, because what I mean by that is I think that there are elements of it that aren't that accessible this is there are songs that are mm-hmm. but um weird doesn't automatically mean good you know yeah true and, uh, so it's not at all to disrespect our lovely album enjoyers but I would love to hear what people think about it what's your playlist pick this week Liam Withnell Got to be vitamin C. Y'all lose it. Y'all lose it. Y'all lose it. Y'all lose it. Y'all vitamin C. Yeah. Um, and yours? There's, there's loads of great songs on it, man. I'm so great. Hey, I'm so great. You're like, this is fun. Soup's cool. Obviously, that's the one part where I actually went. Uh, sing Swan Song completely predicts the sound of Radiohead by 20 years to the point where you're like, oh, they were. Tom York singing voice is just that voice, isn't it, really? Yep. Um, Pinch is so cool. One More Night's cool. I'm going to stick on... Sing Swan Song. Or as Rolling Stone magazine's blog would say, Sing Swan Sing. Sing Swan Swing, they said. <laughs> what? Come on. Fucking dummies. Um, Jean I... Venner, sort it out. What's your playlist pick that is not from the album that's inspired like by this. the album I think you'll like this um, this is in in tribute to uh, Suzuki's uh, busking backpacking background mm-hmm. gonna put on a song by the jazz musician and composer Moondog mm. who was a backpacker in, uh, and, and, and busker mm-hmm. in New York for many years and even when he found success um, and, you know, was m- m- many, many artists um, know and, and love his work, um, he would still go and stand on Fifth Avenue with an instrument that made himself and wear big vine- Viking horns. Mm-hmm. And he became known as the Viking of Fifth Avenue around New York. But no one at that point knew that he was this, like, accomplished musician. His name's Moondog. And you will have heard this song before. Um, because Mr. Scruff sampled it, um, and it's called, I've forgotten what it's called. Oh, my God. Bird's Lament. And it goes. I know that song, yeah. So that's that's Moondog. So Mr. Scruff sampled it and added like a beat and, and all that stuff. So that's where most people know it from. But mm-hmm. this, is, this is the original. Um, and I just thought... The, the the busking background uh, and the jazz mm-hmm. elements uh, made it a relevant playlist pick. 
what an, I'm looking forward to listening to that. I was absolutely spoiled for choice this week, and I won't dwell on the point too much. I'd love to put on one of those Flaming Lips songs. I would love to put on uh, the Noise song, Hello, Hello Gallo. That's what you said you were going to put on at the beginning. But then I remembered that Kraftwerk is on this list, and Noi and Kraftwerk had some of the same members, so I think I'm going to save Hello Gallo, and I'm going to stick on uh, Watching the Planets by Flaming Lips. Great. Yeah. I love Flaming Lips. I have Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots on picture disc vinyl. <clears throat> What's the picture of the big robot? It's on uh, both sides. It's like different album covers and track listings. It's, and yeah, the big robot is fucking cool. It's my That's my favourite record that I own. Add it to the list of stuff we want to talk about that's not on the list. Linkin Park, Evanescence, Flaming Lips. Evanescence are really on the list? Arkansas Legends, Evanescence are not on the wake li- list. Up. Wake me up, man. God, wake up. Hey, wake me up as well. <laughs> Ah, uh, Phil, you fake me up. Please. I drank too much awkward juice trying to get my pussy wet, which is trying to wake then me up. I, I slipped down and I knocked myself out. I've been, I've been unconscious for 40 years. <laughs> okay, Hanjin Flammer. Uh... <laughs> okay, cool, Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> Mad-Eye right. Moody Moonin over here, mate. <laughs> Mad-Eye Moondog. Right, who is... Next week's subject of the Enjoying Album Boys. This week it's Horny Legend, Trent Reznor's group, Nine Inch Nails, with uh, their... <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. With their album, is it the Downward Spiral, I believe? No, it's Pretty Hate Machine. Oh, no. This week it's Trent Reznor's Pretty Hate Machine. With his group. Well, no, it's, it's Nine Inch Nails, oh, for fuck's sake. Nine Inch Nails, Chris, Pretty Hate Machine up. this no, week. shut up. Chris, who's next week? Pretty sure it's Trent Reznor's group. (laughs) (laughs) Nine Inch Nails with their album, Pretty Hate Machine. You know what? Keep it all in. Keep it all in. I want people to hear what I have to fucking deal with. That's what I said. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening and taking part in the Enjoying Album uh, Challenge. This has been another riveting episode of (laughs) Das Messer. That's album enjoyment, pa. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week. Um, hey, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> That's